0: I feel like Chris Vallotton just, like, fidgeting with the podium, like, <laughs> just, like, touching everything. <laughs> Does anybody else notice that? Notice me? Okay, cool. <laughs> yes, just one sip of water. Yeah, it's awesome. I wonder, like, what quirks of mine people notice, you know? I definitely have them. Let me know of what they are. Um awesome. You guys are a quiet bunch tonight, but it's great to have you here. It's good to see you guys. I know there's a lot going on, so it means a lot that you're actually here. Um, So thank you for being here. So I am going to share tonight about relationships. Yes, and how to have one. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Clearly, I know something. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Billy, thank you. (laughs) No, I'm joking, but I am going to talk about relationships in in connection with wholeness and what it looks like to actually allow relationships to transform your life. So um, the first thing that I want to say is our relationships are only as strong as we are individually, but we can only see our true selves when we're in relationships. So it's like this double-edged sword almost of like, Actually, can you set a timer for 15 minutes so I don't uh, talk forever? Thank you. (laughs) Um, I'm just going to say that again. So our relationships are only as strong as we are individually, but we can only see our true selves when we're in relationships. And I just, um, yeah, I'm going to dive into that a little bit tonight, but it's just like this double-edged sword of like, I can only see my true self when I see who I am interacting with other people. But those people only actually get to see me if I am fully being myself. Um, So I'm just going to talk to you guys about how to fully be ourselves and how to be in those relationships with people. So um, you guys have all heard the verse, we bear one another's burdens. Yeah? Galatians? I'm going to read it to you because you guys don't seem like you've heard it. Have you read your Bibles? It's in there. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Okay, so Galatians 6. Wait. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, that doesn't look like the one I read earlier. Okay, Galatians six, verse one. Brethren, if even if anyone is caught in any trespass, you are you who are spiritual, restore such a one in spirit of gentleness. Each one looking to yourself, so that you too will not be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and there thereby fulfill the law of Christ. I've never really noticed that part before, but that. Um, bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. I'm like, man, that's kind of like intense. If we're not actually like taking on the burdens of our brothers and sisters, we're actually not following the laws that the Lord has laid for our lives. It's pretty pretty good stuff. It's pretty awesome just to know like, There's actually, like, heavenly commands for you to actually bear the burdens of the people around you and to run through life with those people. It's not just, like, a good idea that makes life easier. Like, yeah. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, then he deceives himself. I'm just going to end on that. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, yeah, so I just want to talk about what it looks like to actually live in community, what it looks like to build relationships, and to bear one another's burdens. So um, I just thought a great example in the Bible is the disciples. Um, something that I always noticed was Jesus had 12 disciples, and in case you guys didn't know that, Jesus had 12 disciples. That's free everything else you have to pay for. No. So Jesus had 12 disciples, and um, but they were all so uniquely different. Like, if you go through and look at them, a lot of them were actually fishermen by trade. That was their job. But their personalities were so uniquely different. The way they related to Jesus was so different. The way they interacted with each other was so different. You have like John, who was the one that Jesus loved, and he laid his head on the chest of Jesus. And then you have Judas, who betrayed Jesus. Like, you have every end of the spectrum in these 12 disciples. But what's beautiful is that there were only 12. I think we get so caught up these days in how many friends we have, and not the quality of the relationships that we're building. And it's really easy to see. I mean, I have a love-hate relationship with social media. I'm sure everyone does. But it's really easy to see like all these friends, all these parties, all these amazing things. I mean, maybe not right now in the time of COVID, but you guys know what I'm talking about. There's all these amazing things and there's this pressure to have lots of friends. But when the tendency is when we have lots of friends, we go really wide and not really deep. And that is only detrimental to you. And it's really detrimental to the people around you because they don't get fully who you are. They only get, like, the little piece that you can give them because you're spreading yourself across all these friendships. Yeah, so those of the disciples who were close to each other, they learned from one another. Um, And it's just beautiful to see, like, even in the moment where— I'm not going to go into that, sorry. But it's just beautiful to see how they actually get to see each other's restoration and they get to see each other's wholeness and they get to see who each other are becoming in this journey with Jesus. And another example of relationships in the Bible is Adam and Eve. Yeah, I know it's crazy, but I'm not going to go where you think I'm going, but <laughs> I'm, um, I just find it so fascinating that the Lord say it, Lord said, "It's not good for man to be alone." And yes, I know in that in that specific uh, instance, He was creating woman. But I also believe that He had the vision for community, and He had the vision that it's actually not good for any one of us to live alone. Because when we, li- how many of you have felt crazy alone in this season? Like everyone, yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> I just know, like, the I have said so many times in this season, like, it is not the Lord's plan for us to have online church. I just know it. It was not in His plan. <laughs> um, because I look at it, and I'm like, man, our community, our community hearts are breaking for, for what we actually long for. And the beauty of it is we've gotten to see in this season how much we need and long for community, because you feel that, like, aloneness. Um, Yeah. So one other part um, about Adam and Eve, what he said at the end was, so like God made Adam and Eve, or sorry, God made Adam, not good for man to be alone. God makes Eve. And then he says, and they stood naked and did not feel ashamed. And I think there's something to, to find in that about the vulnerability that you can find in your truest friendships that when you can actually be your truest self naked that you actually don't feel ashamed when you're around the people that you're actually letting to that you're actually allowing to see that does that make sense like you should have people that are that close to you that you don't feel ashamed when you are in your most vulnerable state Those people should be the strongest people that are celebrating you and championing you, and you can come to them with the hardest stuff of your life, and you don't feel ashamed. Thank you. (laughs) So if you don't have those people, I'm going to help you figure out how to find them. Yes. So what relationships are you stewarding in your life? Um, (laughs) What did you say? Oh. (laughs) Okay, no, not the answer. Not Facebook or Instagram either, shockingly. Yes, I'll say it. I'll say it. The depth of your relationship on social media is not near what it can be in person. Okay, so... um, what relationships are you stewarding? That's one of the questions we're going to go through at the end, but I just want you to ask yourself, what relationships have been put in front of you that you're actually stewarding? I Kind of back to what I was saying earlier. If you have so many relationships, you actually just don't have the time of day to steward all of those relationships and to steward them well. And so you really need to find and ask the Lord what relationships he's put in front of you to steward in this season that you're in right now. Um because I know that oftentimes, I actually was listening to something this morning. It was a podcast on finance, and the guy in it was just started randomly talking about friendship. And he was like, um, he was like, "You can't have a lot of friends. You can only have a few friends." And then he said, "If you have really crappy friends, you might be a really crappy person." And I was like, "Oh." That's really hard to hear, but that's actually really good to hear. Like, if you're just looking around and you're like, man, I don't have any good friends, maybe you need to hold up a mirror and look at yourself and say, am I being a good friend? Am I being the friend that I actually want to have from other people? Because that can be hard, but it can also be like, whew, okay, what do I need to do to become a good friend? It's the same thing, like, when you want a spouse. It's like, would I be a good spouse? If it's like every dating opportunity out there is no good for you, I'm like, ah, there's great people. <laughs> um, yeah, so on that note, figure out what relationships you're supposed to steward. And a good question to ask to figure out what relationships you will steward is, are there any people that you are willing to bear their burdens in your life? do you have any friends that at the drop of a hat you would go over and do whatever you could for them? I mean, I know like the first thing that I actually thought of um, was just like the example of getting to watch like y'all's friend group this past December. And like the way you guys all laid your lives down for the Halingathals. And it was like, I think everyone collectively saw what it looked like to actually have a community that would lay down and bear each other's burdens. And I think that it's easy for us to see that, but it's not easy for us to do the work to get there because it's not like this friendship all of a sudden just came out of like, oh, we're just going to go be there for our friends. It's like watching you guys over the years, it's like that came out of like 10 years of building deep friendship intentionally when it wasn't easy, I'm assuming. I don't know. I wasn't in this, but I can imagine it's not easy when you're raising kids, when you have life, when you have jobs to find time for those friendships. And something that you have to do is you have to find time. And so um, one thing that I wanted to share about that is, has anybody been to the Redwood Forest? Yeah, everybody? If you haven't, you should go. Something to know about Redwoods is, this is gonna sound contradictory to what I just said, but their roots go out. Their roots don't actually go down very deep. So these trees are like, 100, 200 feet tall, but their roots are actually only like five to six feet deep. The only way that redwoods stand, a redwood cannot stand by itself. The only way that it can stand is if it's in a community of redwoods. It won't thrive and become the tree that it's supposed to be if it's alone. Like you see them in our yards and stuff and they're really cool, but a storm would come and knock that over super easy. But all these Trees that are right on the coast and are right next to each other, their roots are literally interlocked. And so when the storm comes, when the wind comes, their roots are actually like what hold them together and keep them standing. And so I say that to say that you won't grow your best unless you're in community. You're like a redwood. When the storm comes, you actually get to grab those roots and interlock with the people around you, and you get to weather the storm together. And I think that's like, I just think it's beautiful to be able to weather storms together. Um, And I will say this, if you don't develop relationships, you will miss out on what God intended for you. It's easy in Reading to be like, oh, people come and go. It happens. Like, I'm not going to invest. I'm not going to spend all this time. It's easy to do that anywhere that you go. Man, it's so much harder to breathe when you're pregnant. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I'm just like... (laughs) <laughs> I'm climbing a mountain up here. Um, <laughs> I mean, climbing a mountain, growing a human, like, same thing. <laughs> um, yes, but, okay, so if you don't develop relationships, you'll miss out on what God has for you. And we all know the principle of sowing and reaping. Yes, you reap what you sow. If you're not putting seed into the ground, you're not going to see any fruit grow. And... Um, I, probably a lot of you, if not all of you, know that I am super into making sourdough bread, and I love sourdough. And um, one thing about sourdough is that it has a starter. And a starter is actually alive, but you have to feed that thing to keep it alive. And if you don't feed it, you won't have a starter to make bread with. And so um, the analogy that I have for you in that. <laughs> Is If you're not feeding your relationships, they won't actually produce any fruit in your life. If you're not taking the intentional time, like with starter, you have to feed it at least once a week. And if you don't have the time or if you don't set in your calendar, I need to feed my starter. Or for me, I now have that ingrained in me. But for me, it's like I need to water my plant. If I don't water that plant, that thing is going to die. I've seen it. It happens all the time in my house. <laughs> I have one plant that has lived, thanks to Dan and Emmy. <laughs> They got me one that you pretty much don't have to water. (laughs) Yes, thank you. Um, But yeah, so I say that to say that if you aren't feeding the relationships that are in front of you, you're not going to see the growth in them that you want to see. And um, in that, if you aren't able to be fully yourself, then nobody can fully embrace you. So something that you're able to bring into a relationship, something that you're able to sow into a relationship so that you reap the relationships that you want, is you being fully you, being fully whole. Kind of like what we've been talking about for the last, you know, seven or eight weeks of like, what does it look like to be whole? What does it look like to be the best version of myself? Because if I can do that, then I can be the best friend I can possibly be. And if, like we've all, we all know the friend that like, doesn't actually tell you everything. You know what I'm talking about? Like they, they tell little parts of their stories to everyone in their life, but they don't have one person in their life that knows everything about who they are and what's going on in their world. That sucks because none of their friends can love them well because they don't actually know what's going on in their lives. Like, I can give you advice based on what you've told me, or I can pray for you based on what you've told me, but you're leaving out the whole story. Like, that is such a robbery to your friendship and to yourself. Like, it takes a lot of courage and it takes a lot of bravery to be to just get past that and to say, like, okay, I'm going to let this person fully in to my world. But if you don't do that, you are going to miss out on everything that is available to you. So, if you're not able to fully be yourself, nobody can actually fully embrace who you are. So, um, in that, I just want to say, like, I know this sounds intense, but also, like, have fun. Like, friendships are so much fun. I, like... Even the podcast that I was listening to this morning, literally, I had no clue that it was going to be about friendship. But it was the title of the podcast was like five things you should do in your 20s and 30s. And it was an investment podcast. So I'm like, for sure they're not going to be talking about friendships on this thing. I'm like, what retirement accounts do I need to be investing in? Like, I'm listening for like practical wisdom, and it is super practical. But um, something that the guy was saying was, like, if you're just sitting around your table talking about other people, talking about the next new show on Netflix, what's going on in the world, that's fine. But you're not actually growing each other. You need to actually sit around the table and say, like, hey, man, what's going on in your life? How's your marriage? How's your job? How are your friendships? What are you chasing? What are the goals that you're going after in your life? Because um, we need that. We were made for that. We were actually made. It is not good for man to live alone. We were actually made to have these relationships with each other. And so I just want to encourage you guys um, to go about doing that in one way. This sounds like so cheesy, but I was just reminded of this when I was preparing. But um, when I worked at JH um, JH Ranch, the kitchen was like the hardest job at the ranch because you're on your feet for like eight hours a day. You're doing the like non-glorious work behind the scenes that like everybody just enjoys, but nobody ever thanks you for. And it's hard. And you're in this like really small kitchen and it's really hot or really cold, depending on what side of the kitchen you're working on. And it's just like, there's a lot, there's a lot going on. And you're so close to each other, all like literally so close to each other. All the time. You're standing like there's no social distancing in the JH kitchen, I will just say that. <laughs> it's probably why they couldn't operate the summers because they couldn't figure out a way to make a kitchen successful. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. But um, you're just literally right on top of each other. And it's really easy in that space to get frustrated with each other, to get annoyed with each other, to have a bad day and let everyone around you feel it. But when we were working in there one summer, there was this guy that. Um, He was just an amazing guy, and he was kind of like the second person in charge. And he was like, you know what, we're going to have a scavenger hunt every day in this kitchen, and I'm going to hide a little Jesus, like, figurine, and whoever finds Jesus wins for the day. So it was this thing, and it became this joke of, like, where did you find Jesus today? But it actually turned into this thing of, like, it actually developed and built this conversation Every time somebody would find Jesus, it would actually be a conversation of like, oh, yeah, I was reading in scripture this morning, and this is what I saw. This is what I heard. This is what the Lord spoke to me. And it actually just opened the door for relational conversation around what God was doing in our lives in the midst of us, like, peeling a thousand potatoes. But I say that to say, like, Find ways to bring Jesus into your life. Find ways to seek him out in your relationships, in your friendships, to say, like, hey, where did you find Jesus today? Like, it might be as, like, if you live with a bunch of people, like, find a little Jesus figurine and hide it in your house. Like, I don't know. It sounds stupid, but it actually is really funny and fun. And maybe it was only because I was, like, 22, and I thought that was awesome. But some of you are 22, so it's probably awesome. (laughs) Um, no, I'm kind of joking, but I'm also serious. Like, I just find ways to actually be intentional because if you're not intentional about pursuing the Lord together, you won't pursue the Lord together. It just won't happen. It will happen in moments of crisis, but it won't happen in the everyday celebrating what God's doing, what you're hearing, what he's speaking to you. And I will say this. Oftentimes, we're so inclined to share what the Lord is speaking to us on social media, but we have yet to tell our best friend or we have yet to tell our neighbor. We're we're seeking that affirmation. We're seeking that like, oh, this is so good. Love what you're saying. This is awesome. Like fire, like whatever. Um, but we're I just want to encourage you guys to to it's way more vulnerable to actually share what the Lord is teaching you with somebody face to face. And so um, just some ways to become yourself and invest in others are, one, learn who you are first. Learn when you're at your best and when you're at your worst. Like, I am not a good friend at 10.30 p.m. Like, I am tired. Yes, thank you. My husband is a night owl, and we have had to—more of a night owl than I am, I will say. (laughs) And we've had to just be like, babe, it's a great conversation, but I cannot have it right now. I am not—I'm not my best self. And um, and vice versa. I'm not going to bring up like my deep heart conversations at 6:30 in the morning with Luke because he's like not still not yet awake. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just learn who you <laughs> learn who you are first, and when you learn who you are, become who you are. Don't try to become the other people. Actually, just become who you're made to be, because then you can actually fully be who you need to be for other people. So learn who you are, become who you are, and then become and then share yourself with others. If you're trying to become other people, you're only going to share other people with other people. You're not only you're not sharing who you really are with other people. So um, that's the main thing I wanted to share with you guys tonight. Just to remind you that um, I'm just going to say it again because I think it's really powerful. But Our relationships are only as strong as we are individually, but we can only see our true selves when we're in relationships. So I just want to encourage you to take time and actually find your strength as an individual and bring that strength to the relationships around you so they can actually experience all of who you are. So I have some questions. I don't have them printed out, but these are the questions that we're going to divide up into our home groups and answer. So here are three questions for you if you want to write them down or just memorize them if you have a really good memory. But re- what relationships in your life is God asking you to focus on? So what relationships in your life is God asking you to focus on? Question number two, what areas of your life have you intentionally excluded from relationships? So this is back to my thing of, like, we kind of share most of ourselves, but we leave out, like, just that little part. It's like, oh, if they don't know this, it's not that big of a deal. They know everything else. It's a big deal. They should know. What areas of your life have you intentionally excluded from relationships? And number three, how can you be your truest self in relationship? So I know a lot of these questions are a journey, and you're going to take time answering these over the next week next month, or you might not, but just want to encourage you to um, tonight as you meet, so we're going to divide into home groups after this, but as you meet, I just want to encourage you to actually like practice these things, to actually like sit with these people and say like, "Ooh, this is the thing I've been leaving out, and I know I have, and maybe you're not ready to share that thing with your home group, but actually like just say like, hey, I realize there's something I'm leaving out, and I know that I need to share that, so allow them to know that That is something you are going to do. Um, So we're going to divide into our groups. Actually, I'm going to pray for you guys first. So everybody got the questions? We're good? Cool. At least pastors, so you guys can lead it. Great. Okay, so, yeah, Father, I just thank you for every person in this room. I thank you for each and every friendship that you have appointed for their lives. And I just ask that you would bless their bless their hearts and their souls and their minds, that they would begin to see the way you work inside of relationships, that they would begin to see your heart and your presence for the people around them. And for the people that are longing for friendships, Lord, I just ask that you would begin to highlight those people that they should pursue, the people that they long to have friendships with, Lord. I, I just ask that there would be an ease and open doors in building friendships. And I just, um, I just bless this room with courage yeah, with courage and bravery to wholeheartedly pursue friendship, to stand against the, the norm, to stand against the fear that says, like, oh, that feels vulnerable or, oh, that feels, like, too spiritual. Yeah, I just bless this room to go all in for what God is doing in your relationships and in your friendships and allow him to show up in ways that you never could have imagined. Yeah, so Father, I just thank you again for who you are and the way you've knit us together in community. Yeah, and let us just find ways to find you in the everyday life. Yeah, amen.